Well, good morning. Pote mai, welcome to church. Can you believe we're already most of the way through January? Oh, anyone else about feeling like they need a holiday again? Or there's some of you who are about to go away on holiday again, aren't you? Well, good for you. Well, did you have a, did you have a good New Year's? You stay up and see the New Year in? Silly people. In our house, we'd agreed that we were not seeing the new year in. It was going to be a 9.30 bedtime, and the house was stoked. And then about 8 o'clock, friends turned up. That's nice. So we said to them, midnight's 9.30 and we're going to bed. They were, oh, that's so good. 9.30 came and went. And then another group of friends arrived, and then another group of friends arrived. Up until about 10 o'clock, friends were still arriving. We hadn't arranged them, they just dropped in until all of a sudden it was midnight, and we're like, oh, well, now it's bedtime. And so we watched the top clock tick over, and um, we went to bed. And none of that is in my notes, so Happy New Year. <laughs> I really do pray that the last few weeks of summer, or the coming few weeks of summer, that they are a time of refreshing for you. That it's not just another few weeks off work or another few days with family, because those are really good things, right? And we can find great refreshment in taking some time out and spending some time with family. But I pray that as you've taken this time, or you're about to take this time, you've not just gone, oh, well, that was another, another moment that I had, another New Year's that's just passed me by, but you've found a, a fresh again, a time to recommit and focus your attention on Christ, to have a fresh revelation of what he has done for you and his love for you. And if you're going, oh, I, I didn't do that the last couple of weeks, I encourage you over the next couple of weeks, over the next couple of months, to take that time to spend with the Lord, to say, God, I am available for what you would have me do this year. Speak to me and lead me as we go into this year, 2023. I pray it has been a refreshing time. Sarah and I, we had a great time, and, and Oliver, and Oliver. Um, we did take him with us, I promise. Uh, we snuck away to the family farm for a few weeks, which was just great. We did a whole lot of not much, actually. We sat around, we played games, we seemed to continuously eat. I think we spent most of the time in the river or in the swimming pool. And there was just so many little kids running around because all my nieces and nephews, and I just feel like all we did was just change children from togs to clothes and then back again. But that's, that's some of these days. And we did get away on a few adventures. We went to the beach a few times and we had a really great time. And so I hope that you have a great you've had a great time this summer or you're about to. I pray fresh revelation, personal revelation into your hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. A fresh sense of purpose in our mission. As we come into a new year, I think every time we come into the new year, it's an opportunity for change. We can see it as a new opportunity to do something different. Because when we come to write the date, the number at the end of the date, it's changed. I don't know if you've noticed this. I don't know if you've had to write the date yet, but it's changed from a two to a three. It changes. Every year, that last number changes. Or at least we work on changing it for a few months until we get there. As we come into the new year, some relationships can change. Work circumstances might change as you start a new job. But God never changes. He is good always. From beginning to end, last year, 
this year and forever years to come. He is the same God and he is love. Not only does God not change, but his mission for us does not change. In fact, our mission never changes. The mission is always to reach people with the message of good news, the hope of the gospel. And as we get back into the swing of things this 2023, that is our mission again as a church, to take the freedom that what we know Jesus afforded us of what he did on the cross for us, to tell those around us who do not yet know him. Our mission does not change. Did anyone make it to the beach over the last few weeks, over the summer? Some, some few people made it to the beach. I love the beach. Well, I love most of the beach. Did you build a sandcastle, swim in the waves or surf on them, picnic on the beach, splash in the shallows? Did you get sand everywhere? I love the beach, but the sand. If the beach didn't have sand, I think it might be one of my favourite places. I love the beach till I find sand in all the wrong places, places I never intended for sand to go. We took my siblings, my nieces and nephews to the beach one, one day over summer, and the babies and toddlers, I don't know if you know this, but they just eat sand. You sit them down in the sand, fist goes into the sand, and then we're straight to the mouth. And one of my nieces, I cannot tell you how covered in sand she was and how much sand she seemed to eat. But she was so excited to be at the beach. She was only about 11 months old. The other day I was sat on the beach, just watching, listening, talking with God. And as I sat at the beach just watching what was going on around me, I felt this question into my mind. What do you notice? What could I see? And so I began to tell God what I could see. What I noticed, the big and the small, the far off and the really close and the things that were happening right under my feet. I could see a ship way off in the distance behind the sea mist and the driftwood scattered all the way along the beach. I saw the small crab holes under my feet. What else, I felt God ask. I noticed the runners and the walkers and the surfers and the relaxers. I watched the kids digging with little tiny spades. And then I noticed the waves, the crashing waves, wave after wave. And the word relentless came into my mind to describe the waves. I watched the relentless waves rolling in after each other. And then I felt God say, have you noticed my relentless love? Notice my relentless love. So many things are relentless. Mondays are relentless. They happen every single week. You have a weekend, and then the next day, Monday. Consistent. After every weekend, they just come round. Years. The changing of years is relentless. Don't you just feel like we've come into a new year, and all of a sudden, here we are celebrating a new one? At the end of every New Year's Eve, whoa, there's another new year. Kids can seem relentless. Relentless meaning unceasingly intense. 
Young kids especially can seem a lot like that. I think every time they get up in the morning, again, you've got up early again. Bills are relentless. Every month or a week or whatever plan you've got set up, the power and the internet need paying. The mortgage or the rent needs paying. Relentlessly. And so for a few minutes this morning in our first service of the year, I want to remind you again of his relentless love, his rich, never-ending, overcoming, freedom-giving, unceasingly intense love. God's love never ceases, like the waves at the beach. When you think it's about time, they had a break. Surely there's not another one coming. It just continues to come in. God's love is relentless. It never ends. Ephesians 3, 17 to 19 in the, in the Bible says this, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. How wide, how long, how high, how deep. Christ's love for you surpasses knowledge. If you stop and consider that for a moment, that's a lot. Because I can know and have knowledge of a whole lot of things. And so I did a little bit of Googling. The ocean at its greatest east to west stretches approximately 19,800 kilometers from Indonesia to the coast of Colombia. The deepest part of the sea in Challenger Deep in the Mariana Trench the deepest point known so far is approximately 11,022 kilometers deep. No, 11.022 kilometers deep. Sorry, make sure you get that right. The highest point atop Mount Everest, 8.9 kilometers above sea level. And the circumference of the Earth varies a little, but it's about 40,075 kilometers around the equator. I can know all these things. I can have this knowledge. And yet the Bible tells us that the depth and width and height and length of God's love for us is beyond our knowledge, beyond what we could understand. It surpasses all our knowledge. There's an old song that came to my mind as I sat watching these relentless waves and considering God's relentless love. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. I'd sing it for you, but no one wants that. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is your faithfulness. God's love is great. It always loves, always forgives, always shows mercy, always shows Grace, it is new every morning, every week, every new year. Regardless of what happened last year, last week, or even earlier this morning, his love for you is the same. Whatever, you, whatever things you've done, whatever things you have not done, whatever things you feel shame or guilt over, perhaps, his love for you doesn't adjust accordingly. Oh, well, you did that. Well, my love's about this much. It stays the same always. It simply never ceases. His love is relentless. It's a simple message this morning about his love for you, but I want to remind you because I think we can sometimes just forget or become complacent 
with this love that we know. As I watch people walking along the beach, I notice them walk near the waves, enjoying life with the sound of the waves in the background, the constant crashing and splashing happening nearby, couples holding hands as they walked next to the waves, families having a picnic looking at the waves. How often do we know of the love of God, can notice the sound of his love? Even maybe we feel the sea mist of his presence sometimes, and yet we continue on with our lives with his love just in the background or off to one side. His love is not just for us to admire or to know about in the distance, but to be experienced up close. It's personal. It's not just a generic love that he has for all people, although God does love all people the same. His love is intimate and personal to you. He knows you. He knows your life story, and he cares for you. He sent his son to earth to live, to die, and to rise again in perfect love so that right relationship can be experienced by you. God's design is not that we would walk the beach with the background sound of love, but that we would fully experience all that his love is. We would experience his love in full. And we can do that by putting him at the center of all we do, choosing to live with Jesus a part of our lives. Choose again at the beginning of the year to notice areas of our lives that we've set God off to one side of, or we've put him in the background of, and choose again to allow him into our lives, into all aspects of our personal lives, of our family lives, to experience his love and to love him with all that we have, to serve, to give, to love, to bless, because Christ loved us first. And as I sat watching the waves, a group of kids came running off the dunes, raced down to the waves, and clothes still on, began playing, splashing, and swimming in the waves. Now the parent with these children cautiously watched, took, step backs when, took a step back when the waves came a little close. And so often I think we can be a little bit like this parent. We know of God's love, but think, oh, we're not quite ready to dive in yet not quite ready to get our feet wet. I think we go, oh, we need to get a few things sorted before I can really experience God's love, because God's love, surely he doesn't want this. I need to get changed first. I need to make sure I, I look right to other people. I need to make sure I've got the right outfit on before I can experience God's love. Or we need to consider all of the possibilities of what might happen if we were to get in the water. What needs to be prepared first? Do we need to get our towels ready? So as soon as we get out, we, we can rush back to them. We can think that we need to get all of our lives in order and be good enough. Get the things that aren't right in my life. All perfect before I could possibly come close to God. But it's just not true. God's love is bigger than our doubts. It's greater than our failures. Love has already overcome even death. In fact, 1 John 4.18 says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. 
I think sometimes those of us who have walked with God for some time can also struggle with accepting God's love in full. We can get trapped thinking, oh, what will others think if I, if I don't live a perfect life? We can think that we need to live without mistakes, that we need to pretend like we, we never disagree with our spouse or with our partner, that we never get frustrated with our children, that we always live with perfect grace towards our co-workers. And so we can put up this facade to keep everyone thinking that we're all okay, when our response needs to be to run to the waves of the relentless love of God, run into his arms of full embrace, experience the grace and mercy of Christ that is for all people at all stages of the journey of knowing Christ. His love for you doesn't diminish after many years, and it doesn't get stronger after many years. His love for you remains the same. Like these children who saw the goodness and joy of running into the waves, ran to experience them. They didn't care what they were wearing, didn't care what it looked like to others, didn't stop to consider all of the possibilities of who else might approve, or what would happen after they dove in. But they knew that the joy would come from being and splashing in the waves. Luke 18, 16 to 17 tells us to be like children. But Jesus called the children to him and said, little, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. That's what God's love is like for all of us and should be like for us. Hear me, I'm not saying be reckless. I'm not saying don't consider things. Absolutely, you should ask questions, discover faith, spend time reading the word, looking into it yourself, talking to people who have followed Jesus for a long time, but never be afraid of his love. Don't ever second guess your invitation to his love. Don't count yourself out from experiencing the fullness of Christ's love for you. I think sometimes we can discount ourselves. Oh, I've done this. I haven't, I haven't picked up my Bible this year and it's already been a couple of weeks. Oh, does God still really love me the same? Yep. I've never really sat in church before. This is one of my first times. I'm still trying to work out, is this a God who loves me? Yep. I've been following God for 50 years, faithfully, always known him by my side. God still loves me the same. Yep. I yelled at my kids this morning because they wouldn't get in the car fast enough. God's still love for you is the same. Yep. God's love never ceases never changes, always the same for you, always an invitation to you. And we should never just take it for granted, never just walk along beside us going, oh, God's love is there, and I know it's there. I tell other people about it, but I live in his love. I walk in his love, having experienced the fullness of life, of knowing what he has done for me. Whatever your stage of life, whatever has happened to you in this last season, this last year, or perhaps even your whole life, God is inviting you always to experience his love. 
one that never ceases to live in his joy, to walk intimately with the Holy Spirit. It's experiencing the love of Christ. It may look messy sometimes and unprepared to others. It may come with a few tears or the giving up of some aspects of our lives. Following Christ will often cost you something. In fact, it can cost you everything. But we lay it all down at the feet of Jesus, the one who loves us, died for us, rose again, all in perfect love for his cause and his mission. Understanding that we have been loved first, that we are loved. And now we must take that love to others. I invite the band to come and join me. God is love. His name is Jesus, Savior of the world. Jesus is not just another man, not just another prophet with really intelligent things to say. This is Jesus, our King. He's not just a cool character and a story that we can read about in the Bible whose life was inspiring and aspirational. He is Jesus. He is the Son of God, sent by God to a broken humanity to restore a broken life that is my life to a broken life that is your life to a loving God who an unfailing unimaginable love sent his only son not his least favorite son his only begotten son the one whom he loved so much he sent him Jesus for us to be born in a miraculous way to a normal couple in a manger of all places. He lived a perfect life free of mistakes and of wrongdoings, and then he died on a cross taking all my sin, all of your sin, our wrongdoings, our mistakes on himself. But he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he walked right back out of that tomb, showing death had no power over the God who loves and making a way that when I put my trust in him, I'll be acceptable to the perfectness that is God. All so that I could have fullness of life and relationship with him. That, my friends, is good news. That is love. This is the hope that we carry. This is the love that you have experienced. This is the love that we walk with and are invited into. Would you stand with me if you're able this morning? As I said earlier, this is a really simple message. One that so many of you in this room, you could have delivered yourself. Because many of you have walked with God and know the love of God so intimately, so closely, and for many, many years. And as we came into this new year, and as we start, and the, the things that God has prepared for us this year, and our families, and our work, and, and our church, wherever, we're, wherever we are, I want us to not forget that God loved us first. All that we do is because Christ loved us. We serve because Christ loved us. We give because Christ loved us. We work and serve those in our workplaces because Christ 
loved us. Yes, because we need money. Yes, because we need other things that help live life in this world. But we live with a sense of mission and purpose because Christ loved us. And we do it out of a love for him. And so as we start this year, as we go back into a time of worship, as we sing another song, I encourage you, if you need a fresh revelation of his love, you're going, I've just become a little complacent. Maybe I'm walking along the beach with his love just off to one side. I know it's there. I can feel it sometimes. The mist comes in and I can feel his love. But really, I just need to, I need to dive in. I can feel the call to experience his love again. In this time of worship, would you just say, Holy Spirit, come and show me your love again. Ask him again to reveal in your hearts this love that he has for you. Or maybe you've never experienced the love of God. You've heard me talk about it and go, it sounds really good, but sounds a little weird. I encourage you with childlike abandon. Ask God to reveal his love to you. How do I do that? Say, God, would you reveal your love to me? It's that simple. And then allow God to speak. Allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you. And then after the service or during this time of worship, if you'd like someone to pray with you, or you're feeling something, you're going, I don't know what this is, just allow the Holy Spirit to do something in you. Nudge the person next to you and say, something's happening, I don't know what it is. And maybe they can pray with you. Maybe they can just stand alongside you. We don't do this alone. We do this as part of a church family. But I can tell you this year that God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Not if, buts, or maybes. God loves you. God, we're so grateful that you love us. So grateful that it's not reliant on what we do, not reliant on who we are, not reliant on what we have or haven't done, not reliant on how much we've read your word, not reliant on how many times we've, we've kneeled to pray on the side of our bed. Your love for us is the same, and we're so grateful that you sent Jesus that we might have life. We might experience your love. And I pray fresh revelation. Holy Spirit, would you come and begin revealing yourself, revealing love to the people that have gathered here this morning. As we sing, as we worship, pour out your love into them. Maybe they tangibly feel a touch of your presence. Then we go out of this place. We go out singing from this place, knowing that we are loved knowing that we are accepted, knowing that we belong, knowing that we're part of a family because Christ loved us first. Amen.